0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of The Athletic Podcast Network the wednesday pod somehow we've we've let taylor onto the stream we have got al baby cakes here uh jay will be joining us later on it's a wednesday friday mashup thanks for joining if you're on the stream on youtube hope you guys are doing well staying safe uh alex what's up man Hey, what's up? They said it couldn't be done.
2: Combining the Wednesday and Friday pod. Well, look at us now. Most actually, only one of the guys from the Friday pod showed up.
1: Taylor? It's wild. We defied all odds
3: to get here. Feels good.
1: Hey, we defied odds just like Isaiah Roby defied the odds last night. The Thunder lose 107 to 118. What were you going to say, Alex? Uh, To make his way into your guy rankings. Isn't that right? Oh, he is definitely not a guy, but uh, he was fun. He did some things. Uh, Are you sure he's not a guy? Because Nate Duncan, the
2: Nate Duncan, had an Isaiah Roby tweet last night. What was it? Uh, it was something like I'm watching Isaiah Roby. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I'll go look it up.
1: Yeah, uh, he's he's a good in the pick and roll, right? As a roll man, he's a he's yes. a, he's a nice role man. He is not really big enough to be a full time center, right? He's kind of your small backup kind of guy.
3: He's got he actually team. surprised me. He looks like he'd be taller than he really is, and then you see him next to other players, like after a foul or something, and he looks a lot shorter than the other team's big guys.
1: He's six. Yeah, I mean, like he's six eight, but he yeah, was fine. He had a nice game. Tiny. He had a nice game. Nineteen seven boards, two blocks, one steal. Yeah, he had a nice game, but. I, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is one game. This is one game of Isaiah Roby.
3: He did have a guy move though. He had a guy moment. He did. Uh, he did. What? What is it?
2: Yeah. Nate Duncan tweeted, "Man, Isaiah Roby just absolutely broke the ankles of Nick Vucevic and cruised yeah. in for a big dunk. Roby has really flashed as a face-up guy in his first start. Huh." Wow.
1: He's got the lead talking. The people are buzzing. It, it, that, that move was sick. I honestly, hey, my look. first thought was travel. My second thought was, that's not a travel. That was pretty sick. Pretty sick, man.
3: Was it a travel though? Because he did kind of shift like twice. I've
1: watched it several times. It was definitely not a travel. But Well, good on you,
3: uh, Jay
2: Roby. Yeah. Look, we're already we're already debating travels like we do with James Harden. It's wild. <laughs> like Rope really is at that level. He could he he certainly can't
3: be that good without traveling, right?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's I mean, he's maybe elevated himself to being a possible fourth big, right? It's, I mean, I, honestly what I saw last
2: night was if Horford and Hill do eventually get traded. Roby's going to be getting some minutes,
1: yeah. Because yeah, there
2: aren't a ton of other options that you would want to see at the mm-hmm. big man position.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they—it's just funny. You they throw out their starting lineup, and you're like, oh, you kind of realize they don't really have any real big guys. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. none. Which is crazy because that used to be all they had. You know, I
2: mean, yeah. even a year ago we had Justin Patton. Come in there and bang some bodies. This
1: is true. Now they have, I mean, they have none. Horford's their, is their biggest guy. And he's not even a, he's not even a real big guy. I mean, he would say he wants to play power forward.
3: They have, uh, they have Moses Brown that they're just keeping on the bench. They do have Moses Brown. They could throw him in. He is their, whenever they need a big body.
1: He's their only true big man. And he's just real tall. And that's, that's it. That's it. That's all you're going to give Moses Brown.
2: After the first... So it's been three games, right? Yeah. Big, big picture. My my big picture takeaway is that we are getting to watch some competent basketball. Yeah. We've gotten three good games, good to great. And if you look at what's going on in the rest of the league, I feel like very grateful and blessed. Because you look at the Christmas Day games, all blowouts. Last night, it was a bunch of blowouts. People are complaining as the quality of play down, but at least in Oklahoma city, things are nice. Like even, especially last night, you know, you figure, okay, they're Horford's gone. Hill's gone. Now we see the tank machine. Now it's going to rev up here. It goes. And yet we still saw really high quality basketball. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I could not agree more. I was uh, producing the daily ding last night and we had started with like, two games and then two like backup games for like what we were going to cover and we had to go to like our third game for each for each one because the Ocurs games were so bad. bad yeah <laughs> because they were so bad like pivot pivot again pivot again uh yeah they've played competitive ball every night even last night when Horford and Hill sat i was like okay we're going to see what they got and the magic have been playing well like they've they've had they're four and zero this season, and a lot of it is just they're getting a lot of lights out shooting from guys. But the Thunder, they're playing hard. That's that's the real thing about them is that they just are so competitive, and they play such a competitive brand of basketball. It's just it's crazy, and their and their offense too. Like they don't run any isolation, they don't run no. <laughs> any post ups. It is all like dribble, drive, action, pick and roll, pick and pop. They're they're playing really, really well. And they're distributing the ball a ton. I mean, almost everybody, everybody but Justin Jackson in the starting lineup took 10 or more shots.
2: And, and the great thing is that it doesn't seem like there's a guy, maybe there is, you can tell me if there is, where the ball sticks when it hits him every time. Like even an 18, well, I guess he's 19 now. Yeah. Like Pokushevsky... When the ball gets to him, like he's making a decision. He's usually probably going to jack a three. But we, as we saw in last night's game, like he has the ability to be a playmaker as well. And it doesn't seem like there's anybody on the court at any time where you're really worried
3: like, oh, the ball went to him. Now the play's dead. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought, and this was really funny, but I did think that Lou Dort did that a couple times last night. Oh, he got I mean, the ball I mean, and he's he like, it's he's time best to get another
1: how, you got to let him have those plays. How could you? What what plays are you talking about? Like what what did he do?
3: No, I mean it wasn't anything that stood out as like super egregious, but I just noticed he would get the ball passed to him if it was making its way around, and he would just go ahead and put the ball down on the floor and uh, go straight into some players and just try to get to the hoop. Yeah, that's
1: that is honestly what he's being asked to do. Yeah, is to. Really make a a good decision on when to drive and when to shoot. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, he's been getting to the basket and he's been finishing. Or he got to the free throw line once. He missed both. But I'm really impressed with his where he is offensively because I didn't think even you know they bring him in off the scrap heap after the draft. Man, I just didn't think he would ever maybe never even score 15 points in a game and he's already he's done that once and he's surpassed that in the previous game where he scored 26
3: yeah he's averaging over 18 he's averaging almost 19 points per game
1: it's it is odd it is very it is it's is very strange and while playing really good defense <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it has been an a, a ludor the ludort experience has been really great so far and no no better sign of that
2: than our own Andrew Schlecht spending 21 fake dollars to pick up Lou Dort in our fantasy basketball league last hey, night. Whoa. Hey,
1: I just had to make sure that I could get him. And also, I'd never spend any of that money anyways. So <laughs> It's
2: uh, wild that he's being picked up, but like he is. I, I mean, it's so funny because uh, two weeks ago, I think I was sharing those props with you. And there was the Lou Dort prop for Mm -hmm. points over under. And Mm -hmm. I think it was ten and a half. Yeah. Which, like, you got to feel great about that right now. I mean, we we were wondering who on this team is going to score double digits other than Shea. And it's very clear
3: that it's probably going to be Lou Dort He's because he is going to take the shots. That's And you know what? Like, he's uh, between – I think there's only really two guys – that can put the ball on the floor and get up an actually good shot. And it's crazy because it's SGA and it's Dort. And then who's after that? Baisley? Maybe? Isaiah <laughs> Roby. Oh, what
4: the <laughs> hell, Jay man, Go later with the Isaiah Roby take. Well welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry I was late guys. I uh yeah, never mind. Life. We're
1: glad you're here, Jay.
4: Hey, good to be here. I think Basley. I think Baisley was not very good last night, but I think going is another one of those guys that can, yeah, can can score. Yeah. And you're right, man. It's so funny. Like last night, all I could think about when Roby is scoring all those points is I'm like, Andrew said it. Somebody has to score the points.
1: <laughs> Some, uh, somebody has to, especially when you have Helen Horford sitting, somebody was going to have a night if the Thunder were going to score a hundred points. I think it's
4: I think he was obviously still impressive, but but obviously sure. it was uh somebody has to score the points. Muscala is uh shooting over fifty-three percent from the three point line.
1: Seems sustainable to me. He's a baller, Seems- he has a job and he's really good at it. <laughs> he he's been he has been good. Defensively he has, defensively yeah. he's had some really bad moments, but
4: it's time to take that man to the trade machine. That's for real.
1: He can help Although somebody <laughs>
2: I will say that last night between him and Roby, and I guess you could throw Poco in there, our lack of like interior defense was never more apparent than like Dwayne Bacon <laughs> just going <laughs> just getting anything he wanted at the rim. Yeah. Vooch was like awesome at the rim. So that that's something to target maybe down the road as we're starting to think about prospects. Be nice to have some interior defense at some point.
1: Yeah. We need some Evan Mobley. Oh, he's a baller. <laughs> hey, can yeah, y'all so see good. my
3: screen right now?
1: Yeah, we we'll yeah. see you. I'm a little terrified to share share your screen.
3: Well, I just want you guys to see how this like super emo golf SGA yeah. <laughs> picture.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's really good. That's his that's his mood for the season. Although were you guys surprised that Hill and Horford sit and SGA takes 10 shots?
2: Yeah, I, it was kind of weird. I, I did think it was strange. And maybe he does need to eventually at some point this season be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, he's still got his points. And he's—he's. He's, I think he's trying real hard to develop his playmaking skills because yes. coming into the season, that was the big question mark. I mean, we know that Shea can score. He can still develop further there. But we know that that's a skill that he's going to have in the league. Whereas, like, I didn't know how good he was going to be in terms of just leading an offense and early returns are that he's pretty good and he's getting way more assists and I would say potential assists as well because some of these guys can't shoot yep. on a night to night basis than I would have ever expected so I'm sure that's the the main reason why he's not taking a ton of shots um, he's also just like a wildly efficient
1: player yeah what, what was he 8 for 10 last night 8 for 10
0: he was 8 for 20,
3: 10 20, 20 7 points. rebounds 7 assists yeah
1: 23 points on 10 shots. What's
4: funny, though, is watching that game, like looking at the statistics versus watching, because Alex, I think you hit on this a little bit, is he's trying to really be the man in multiple facets of the game. And one of the things it felt like for me is he couldn't, there were times where he was trying to attack the basket uh, and, and the defense knows like, hey, listen, they have one real basketball player on the floor. And so guard him, um, but it felt like there were a few times where he was trying to get to the rim, and was uh kind of stopped trying to do that. And so hearing his statistics and eight of ten is incredible. And I, I remember his passing was something I was uh, definitely impressed with. Not quite as impressed as I was with Poku's passing, but it was uh one of those things with Shea last night where you could see him trying to do a little bit more. Like the offense wasn't coming to in my opinion it didn't come as easily for him to score as it did for him to do those other things uh last night at least against Orlando I thought so it felt like it was kind of forced a little bit more on the shooting side of it which just makes sense that he only shot 10 shots
1: yeah and he's I mean he's finding guys he's finding the corners really easily I've been I've been impressed with what he's been able to do so far Uh, you mentioned Poku Poku finally got his first NBA points last night it was on a
3: tip-in And
1: it didn't feel
3: didn't feel great, but he got him. Did you notice he got his first three taken away from him because they called an offensive foul on Teo Maladon? Yes, when he kicked it out to him, and he drained that three, baby. He nope, offensive foul. He's
4: so he's so mad. Yeah, he he, that guy has to learn how to control his nonverbal communication because between the between the raising the hands up, which he's gotten better at, uh, and he just comes off so dejected when he misses, which I love, man. Like I, I have too. been impressed. I know, and I'm grading on a curve with Poku. I get that. But I have been impressed. Like his development every single game is different. Uh you're gonna see things from him that you can tell he's learning each game by his experience. He's way less reckless the further he's getting into the season. He's shooting it more within the kind of plan of the offense. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's defensively, like, he's just going to be, he's just a step behind. Like, you, it's just, that's pretty clearly evident. But he does have some, like, at least, I think, natural shot blocking ability. Uh, I think he had another one last night. I think him and Diallo kind of, both of them blocked the same shot but uh, obviously he had that one on Mitchell uh, a couple nights ago and so there's I know it's easy to get discouraged because he's I think O of 35 from the three-point line but (laughs) he is doing the for me it's the small things I'm watching him do where I can clearly see that he's learning the game at a higher speed because it really is going from high school straight into the pros but not even like a I mean, not even like an AAU circuit where you're playing against other kind of pro guys. You know, Mm -hmm. these guys in that second league in Greece aren't. You know, they're they're pretty far below what he's playing, and he's learning every single game, which I've been pretty impressed.
1: Yeah, I agree. His passing last night was what was really impressive. Uh, And then you're right. Yeah, he's had two blocks. I think he's had. I don't know if he had. Did he have a block in the first game? I don't remember. But he's had. He's been blocking shots since then. His passing has been good. He's still got a, he's a pretty good rebounder and he's just got to get the shot to fall. I think it'll eventually fall. I don't think that, I don't think he's going to shoot like 2% from three on the season. Uh, I think, I think he's, I think he's really interesting. I think that nothing has really been discouraging to me watching him so far. It's been three games. I think that's, we get like really wrapped up in these early games sometimes, because it's all we have. <laughs> it's the only information that we have on some of these guys. And people get re- I mean, people get really worried. I can't tell you the number of tweets I got about people worried about Alexei Pokashevsky. It's like, oh, just chill out. Just wait.
3: You know what's funny about his passing is I feel like when they're trying to just pass the ball around on the perimeter, his passes barely ever make it to the next guy. But when he's running a pick and roll and he's like passing through traffic into the lane, it's always spot on. Yeah. Last night he had, he ran a pick and roll with uh, Muscala and got the ball right to him. Yep. And he did a couple down to uh, Roby too, and it was just really good in his in the pick and roll pass. But then just normal passes, it's like I'll limp, like barely making it. I think that has to do with uh him having just straight up uh skeleton arms. And there's no muscle <laughs> on there. So unless just he has momentum.
1: Just just tendons. That's all he's got. He's yeah. got a few tendons in there. Uh Justin Jackson got his first NBA start, his first thunder minutes, 29 minutes for our, for our little homeschool forward. It's kind of kind of crazy. First
3: NBA start for the Thunder. Oh, for the Thunder. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, any other thoughts on the game? Uh, Justin Jackson first NBA start. No. Okay. All
2: uh, right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we have we
1: talked about Teo yet?
2: We he, haven't uh, talked about Teo. It's funny. He might be the most disappointing player so far, which is totally unfair to him. But it's just that he looks so good in the preseason. And then we got to the regular season and he's looked much more like a rookie. And if that's all we had ever seen, I wouldn't have any really strong opinion on it, but he just played so well in the preseason. I was thinking, Oh, this guy's going to be coming in running a a really good offense. Every time Shea's done out there, he's been a little underwhelming, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it is something I've thought about.
1: He's struggling with the length of the players he's playing against. Uh, that's That's been a huge problem for him because he is turning the ball over at times where it's just like, I can't believe he didn't see that kind of thing, you know. But then he'll also have like incredible passes where you're like, I don't know how he saw that. So, I mean, there's, he's definitely had some bright spots in the regular season so far. But yeah, he's not, he's not the 20 point per game guy that he was in the preseason. But I, to me, I've, I have actually been impressed with some of the stuff that he's done. I think that he's going to be a good player uh he just needs he just needs more experience really i mean these guys these guys this is the best competition these guys have played against with he and poku and they've they've got a lot to learn, and you know i I think they'll continue to to improve and get better and get more comfortable uh as the season goes on
4: right and I think it's just to kind of maybe expand on that point I think that and you've already kind of alluded to it as well is is there is this three games in making broad assessments on first year guys is not ever the way you want to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I think for us is we probably also paint those first few years with Harden and Russ. And, and I'm not, I am only comparing them in the sense of first or second year guys, but I do think we don't remember the hard moments with those guys. Uh, the moments where they looked out of sorts or didn't figure it out. And they both, both, all three of those guys—Russell, Harden, Katie—all three came in with far higher expectations than Poku or Teo. But every rookie has moments where they're figuring out the game, especially uh, projects like uh, projects like Poku and guys who are figuring out a different level of of, of the game in Teo. And so, I'm not. I, you're right. I, I agree, Alex. Like Teo has been a, underwhelming compared to what we expected from him based on his performance in the preseason but man i i don't have i've not seen anything from either one of those two guys that makes me think Ah, oh, man the thunder really blew it uh especially Teo. i mean obviously a second round pick but with Poku, like he's showing enough that makes me excited to watch him play and to watch him grow
1: mm-hmm. uh, let's move on alex you've got the five teams that maybe
2: need to panic Yes, we've got some panicking teams. I picked out five teams that I thought, you know, depending on what you think should be more or maybe less panicked. And I wanted to get your guys' opinion on them. Now, I I only picked five. So, for instance, I left out the Detroit Pistons, who uh, aren't going great. I guess they could be panicking if they wanted to win. But I figured, uh, I mean, who, who really cares? It's the Pistons. Uh, so, the, the, do they really need
1: to even think about panicking? So these are that, teams I that I think. That's what Pistons is, fans say too. Is uh, uh, who really cares? It's the Pistons.
2: Yeah. So these are teams where I think there's at least some level of panic warranted, and we're going to do two from the Western Conference and three from the Eastern Conference, and I want you guys to give me your panic rating on a scale of one zero panic, everything's cool, we're so excited about the rest of the season to ten, this team needs to make a trade like in the next week. So the first team, the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets currently 1-3. They have the 6th-ranked offense, amazing, but the 29th-ranked defense. Their only win is over the Houston Rockets, who are winless. They've lost to the Kings twice, and they've lost to the Clippers. They are obviously working in Michael Porter Jr., they, they lost Jeremy Grant. They lost uh, Mason Plumlee. Some of these more veteran presences on their team. They're a younger team overall. Mm-hmm. How panicked should the Denver Nuggets be?
1: Uh, I'd say like a two. Okay, so not too bad. Yeah. It'll work out. I watched the end of that Kings Nuggets game last night, and they were getting really good shots. Like they were getting the shots that they wanted, and they're just missing them. I mean, they had several wide open threes that they're just missing. Uh, their defense is definitely a concern. It's been a concern in the past. They've got to figure out a way to get better on that end. But as of today, I'm not. I'm not too worried about the Nuggets.
3: I agree. I do think that losing guys like Plumley and Jeremy Grant are. They do need to figure that out, though. Because especially in the playoffs, when Jokic wasn't on the floor, Plumlee could keep things even. True, you know, because his defense was good, and he he is a pretty good, stable offensive big in the league too.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and I think um, one, oh, go ahead. go ahead.
2: I was going to say the one thing I'm I'm going to be watching is that last year they were the eighth ranked offense and then the seventeenth ranked defense. Everyone's assuming their defense is going to get a little bit worse especially when you're playing someone like Michael Porter Jr. So it's like, how much worse can their defense get and they can still maintain being a top team in the West? I mean, they were already at 17th. Like if they drop to a bottom 10 defense, which doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility, like how much better does their offense need to be for them to maintain the level they've been at these last couple of years? A lot better.
1: (laughs) It needs to be a lot better. And And it honestly can get there. Did you see Porter's line from last night? Oh, yeah. he's he's great offensively. Yeah, thirty ten on eighteen shots, and he had two blocks and an assist. He he had a really nice offensive game, but he's still minus nine on the night, which is the problem. Is that he is he's giving up points when he's out there.
3: And that starting lineup, it's like who are the defensive guys? It's Gary Harris and I guess Paul Millsap, who's well, old is all get out. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't know. And I don't know who's coming in off the bench that's going to provide help there, too. Right. Uh, Maybe Bowl bull.
1: Yeah. And then we're missing Jamal Murray last night, too. So if they have Jamal Murray, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not too worried about him. Because they're really only playing eight guys. They're playing like PJ Dozier plays off the bench. Will Barton plays off the bench. And then uh, Compazzo plays a little bit of minutes. And that's really it. All
4: right, so so let me ask this question before you move on. So Gary Harris is their most tradable piece to get something back. Like, you probably want a wing that can defend. I mean, what are you looking for if you do improve that team? Because I think if you're looking, here's, here's the only reason I would probably press that panic up a little bit. The Nuggets played in the Western Conference Finals last year. Uh, if your bar of expectation is that high, then I think that there's some validity to maybe having a little more panic than a two or a three, uh, just because you three games in, which is stupid. I get that, but I wouldn't. I don't think anybody would say that they're in that elite level right now. Um, and looking at the way they're playing, I think there's at least some justification to say that they're with this current roster, the way they play defense they have to hit some insane level of offense to get to that elite level. And so I think that there would be a little bit more of that panic maybe. And so I don't know, like if you were going to be in the roster construction or reconstruction for them, like who is the tradable piece that can get you something that matters?
2: Well, that's the problem. Like if it's Gary Harris and I feel like that's more because of his contract than necessarily him being this amazing asset, it's, a problem because he's one of your better defenders. So if you're trading away him, you have to be bringing back like elite level defensive talent on this team. You can't just trade for another offensive piece. So I, I and I don't know who that player would be at this point. What about they what about should this?
4: trade for Trevor Ariza?
1: What about this? This works. This this works money wise. Trevor Ariza and George Hill for Gary Harris and a lottery protected first.
2: Uh, I mean, I, I get it. Those those are defensive-minded players you're bringing in, but still seems like a lot to give up. I know it's like Gary Harrison, a first, should get you something better than George Hill and Trevor Reza, who's Trevor Reza's not good. How do you know? Not, How do you know? I saw him as recently as, uh, you know, last March playing for the Blazers. He played for the Kings last year. Isn't that right?
3: <laughs> yeah. He has flip flop seasons though, Alex. He has two really bad seasons and then he has a good season. So this is I, he's on track for a good season.
2: I'm just not thinking of him as an asset right now. He's like a throw-in that maybe the team feels like, hey, if this turns out well, wouldn't that be great? But let's not like go trade for Trevor Reza. They're not like picking up the phone with Trevor Reza on the mind.
1: I think so I think the Wizards might think that. The Wizards always they love trading for Trevor Reza. It's their solution to every problem. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, should should the Nuggets move on from Paul Millsap? I don't know. I know they, they gave him what it was ten mil for one more year this year. Yeah, but they just play him so much, and he's really not like. I mean, he brings a little bit. He's averaging twelve points, but not even four rebounds a game. They he's really basically he's essentially a, a shooter. Yeah, like they, a release valve.
1: They really rely on him though for toughness. Because if you remove him like who do you you need somebody that can play the four that's like good then and i don't know yeah, like a, like a roby <laughs> like a roby <laughs> type of guy uh,
2: okay let's move on so we're we're feeling like low to mid level of panic with the nuggets but it's it's going to be fine next however our last team in the western conference the golden state warriors who have the best record of all of these teams i'm going to bring up today they're 500 2 and 2 but they have the 26th ranked offense, the 25th ranked defense. Their two wins are over Chicago and Detroit, who are combined one and seven. As you know, Kelly Oubre started the season zero of 17 from three. <laughs> but on the bright side, James Wiseman is now the favorite for rookie of the year.
1: He's balling.
2: <laughs> and I just got to say, I've been loving. The Golden State Warriors talk on, on both Warriors Twitter, non-Warriors Twitter. It's all great because everyone's mad and they're all pointing fingers. Warriors Twitter is furious at Steve Kerr right now because he is still trying to run like the beautiful game Warriors that that, that offense that they ran back in like 2015-16, because except that it's just Steph and then like a G-League team around him, like all these guys who can't really pass or handle or shoot. But still trying to run the exact same offense when they probably like people on Warriors Twitter are like, like Steph should be in a Harden-esque role where he just has the ball and you Mm -hmm. let him make the decision because he's the only good player on this team. Been love reading that. On the flip side, Matt Moore had a great tweet last night that was like, you think if Steph demanded the ball that Kerr would stop him? Like, isn't this more on Steph Curry? for still running the same offense that he's run? Like, why isn't he demanding the ball? People are mad at the uh, at the GM and, and the owner for surrounding. Like, look at the middle to back end of this roster. It's absolute garbage for the most part. And they're p- playing, paying a ton of money for it. And the thing I keep coming back to is Steph Curry is 32 years old. He is going to be a free agent at the end of next season. He will be 34 at that point. Are they really going to give him a max contract? And if they're not going to,
4: is it the move to trade trade him,
2: Curry now?
4: (laughs) Here's what's (laughs) going to happen with Steph Curry. I guarantee you he is going to be like, you know, this franchise has been great to me. And so I'm going to sign for, you know, 70% of the max or something. He's going to do something that's going to give them... That's, the best hookup for the future of the franchise.
3: That seems right. That seems he right. shouldn't though. He should not. No,
4: because he ar- tried to he trade already, him. already <laughs> and he already missed out on on his second contract because of his ankle yeah. problems. Yeah, like he got less than what, which is the only reason this entire freaking thing was able to be done. Yeah. I, I, Alex, so here's my question: I ha- I'm i not watching the Warriors because I watched that opening. I watched two of their games. I thought that was because,
3: like one of your favorite teams
4: because the opening night they're horrible um is draymond Green back? no no and he was supposed
2: to be back uh, last night against detroit and now it's got delayed again to the first so i don't know what that means but basically they saw him practice and we're like yeah he's not ready so still waiting
4: i, I, I want to say I, I don't really have too high hopes on what he's going to bring to the team but i think i have to see this team with him on the floor because he's meant so much historically to that team i think you have to see this team with him before i really make a larger assessment on one panic because in my opinion they're terrible like terrible um but draymond has been such a big piece like i said i think it's hard for me to make like a broad assumption of what the rest of the season looks like but that roster is uh like they're in they're in trouble as far as roster building, like Kelly Oubre makes a lot of money to not be very good. Andrew Wiggins looks in the times I've watched him. Like I said, only the first two games doesn't look like he really belongs in the NBA anymore. Oh, oh wow, it's bad, man. Like I haven't seen anything he brings. That's a plus for the Warriors. And if you're not thriving in a system like the Warriors, apparently that, you know, helps guys, find the best version of themselves, uh, then where, where can you go?
3: Yeah. Dude, listen to this, Jay. He is shoot. Andrew Wiggins is, uh, shooting 17 shots a game on 36% shooting from the field.
1: That, yeah.
2: Yeah. You talk about that warrior system and it's interesting because like name the player, name the young player that they've developed, even when they were good, like who is the young player that they actually developed? It wasn't Patrick McCaw, It wasn't Jordan Poole. It wasn't Damian or Damian Jones. Like they had all these late first round picks. All of them have been absolute bust. Even though on draft night, everyone was like, Oh, what a steal
1: for the warriors. What, how did we let them do this? I think I said the phrase, I can't believe the warriors got Jacob Evans. I think I said that.
2: Yeah, exactly. And like, they haven't really developed any of these guys. And this is something I've actually heard like uh, Samus Fondiari talk about and, and Andy Lou. like they bring it up time and time again that like you eventually have to hit on one of these back end of the roster guys. And this front office has just not shown the ability to do that at mm-hmm. all for all, for all the talk about how this team was built through the draft. It has been like an offer for the last like five to six years.
1: Yeah.
4: Right. Our comment section is lighting up with Jordan bell. Like that's the yeah, most, he was a classic. Another one. He was, I can't believe the, I remember, I think it was Doug Gottlieb was one of the guys, which, you know, whatever with that guy, but oh my gosh, how did they pull off getting Jordan bell? Like the whole thing changed. This guy is going to be, dude's not even in the NBA. He's I out. think we talk about Jordan bell for like three weeks in a row now.
1: Yep. My favorite okay, thing a, about the Warriors a, is that they're paying so much money for a team and they have to, because of their situation, they have to start a two-way player <laughs> and Juan Toscano-Anderson. Like, this is so yeah, exactly. Yeah. So funny. I mean, they're play, paying through the nose for this team and they're starting Juan. It's just unbelievable.
2: They're paying through the nose in a season that they were supposed to start reaping all the huge financial benefits of their new stadium, which is empty. <laughs> Light
4: years, baby, light years.
2: Um, okay, so give me a, give me a rating, though. How panicked are you? One to eight. ten. What's
4: the scale to ten.
2: Eight.
4: Yeah, eight, seven,
1: eight, six. Oh, Andrew's still feeling hopeful? Hopeful. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they've been they've been bad, but I I think Draymond will actually help a lot just because he's competent. And he does he does the things that Steph needs because he can move he can move the ball well he's going to defend I I think he will actually help quite a bit because you take I think he will help James Wiseman's development too and you put him out there with Wiggins and Oubre and Wiseman and are we calling him Wiseman or Weissman have we decided that by the way
3: Wiseman
1: because he's he came out and said it's pronounced Weissman. And it feels weird saying, yeah, it feels weird saying Jim. saying that. So oh, I, I think he will help Weissman's development. I don't know. I think That's he'll cool. help. They they need to get other pieces. I don't know how they do that because like Eric Pascal is like the latest, you know, second year guy for the Warriors that doesn't look as good as he did in his rookie year. Guy, uh, he only played thirteen minutes last night and. That's a guy that going into the season, people are like, "Is this is this the worst fourth best player? Like he's not even he's not hardly playing."
4: Well, and he's the quintessential somebody has to score guy, right? Like, Absolutely. you talked about that. It's like, oh yeah, of course. All of those. The oh, what's his name? He's a guy Jordan that Cool, Damian Lee. No. Yeah, there's a guy that played for him last year that ended up getting waived by them and then got a spot on the Lakers like squad and then got waived again, but you can't remember what his name is. But it's another one of those guys that like there were moments last year where, like, could this guy be an actual player? It's like, no, he just you have to fill a roster on the worst team in the league, and that's what you get from these guys. I will say this, uh, about the Warriors is what does that look like as far as uh, when you're not panicked, what's the ceiling for this roster, number one? And I think the only way that you can improve this roster is to utilize, like that Minnesota pick is the only way you're going to be able to improve this roster in a way that is uh, substantial in the sense of like, hey, you could move Wiggins in the Minnesota pick for insert disgruntled star that could really improve your roster immediately kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: think it, that they're going to do that, though. Yeah, I mean, their two
2: most valuable trade assets are that Minnesota pick and their own pick, because mm-hmm. who knows what that could be. It's definitely not coming to us. Um, okay, yeah. let's move on to the Eastern Conference. This one might be quick. You, m- you might feel pretty confident about this team. The Toronto Raptors, they are currently 0-3. They have the 30th-ranked offense, worst offense in the league, 8th-ranked defense, As you know, they're playing in Tampa Bay. They are the only team in NBA history to start 0 3 while blowing a double digit lead in all three games. Whoa. Pascal shooting 39%. Fred Van Vliet shooting 36%.
4: Norm! Norm
2: Norman Powell shooting 17% to start the season. (laughs) Norm. How panicked are you about the Toronto Raptors?
3: Two. A two? Yeah. 2. God, I don't know. I'll I'll go like a 5.
2: Now some people are saying that the Raptors, you know, as you know if you've looked at any heading about James Harden's destination, the Raptors are up there. And a lot of people have been talking about this could be the year. I mean, is Masai really just going to sit back and let this thing be mediocre or is this when he makes his next big move? I still don't exactly know how a Harden trade happens because I feel like you still have to keep Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry in that scenario because Pascal is the main trade chip. Mm-hmm. And then what are what are you? You're like this crazy three-point yeah. guard lineup. But that's
1: Uh-oh. Is that just... That's not just me. He, no, it's Alex. No. He's gone. Something okay. to consider as well. Oh. oh. We Hello? lost you for a minute, Alex. Yeah, we lost you for a sec.
4: Oh, sorry. I'm back. So, yeah, you have to trade. So, just looking at their roster, I I think it's – and I know that rosters have done this before. NBA teams have done this before. But Kyle Allery, like, I feel like he's got to be an untouchable guy for your team, right? Like, he is the Raptors. He is,
2: although he is on an expiring – He's an expiring expiring
4: $30 million contract, which, you know, pretty quickly there with just a few other pieces you could get James. But I just don't think – I don't think they would do that but I don't know. Uh, I mean
3: say say you do trade Kyle Lowry. Basically you switch Kyle Lowry and James Harden and then Raptors can give other other uh assets. So you have James Harden, Pascal OG, Fred Van Vliet, and then the the bench. I mean is that really uh, is that a team that could win the East now? I guess it is.
1: I think so. But they they won't get the deal done without that that's not the deal that they would do. That the Rockets would do. They have to get Siakam. Yeah, right. Then that's stupid. Yeah. You just have to.
4: I, I think the issue with the Raptors <laughs> why I would probably I'd probably go a little higher on my panic meter is there's just not a the ceiling for that that roster is just kind of blah to me. Like you have a high expectations for what Siakam can be. And he has to hit a a really high level to bring that roster higher than what it is. But once again, like, I think the Raptors will be a good team. I think they'll probably be a playoff team. Um, But it depends on kind of what you want to do. Because they were the number two team in the East last year at the end of the year, right? Weren't they the two seed? Or was Boston? I can't remember. But the Raptors were up there. And so I think it's based on the expectations from their past success i think that the panic would be a little higher than that but you don't and that's the same thing same thing with the warriors it's so hard is like it's would you give up like yeah of course the roster for the warriors is in this like disarray but they won three championships you know like a lot of times on the other side of championships you have a roster that's bloated and overpaid, but it was worth it for what you had in those three-year runs. It's the same thing with the Raptors. Like the Raptors are just looking for like, Hey, let's just be mediocre. Cause we won the championship a few years back, you know? So I don't know. The roster doesn't excite me. Norman Powell, eh. Fred Van Vliet, I think is, I, th- I like Fred Van Vliet, but I don't know if I would be super excited for him to be the primary piece uh, on a team going forward, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't panic about them, but I don't get really excited about them either.
2: Okay, next, the Chicago Bulls. They are 1-3, 24th-ranked offense, 19th-ranked defense. They got their first win last night over the 0-4 Washington Wizards, who we may be getting to next. I wanted to bring up the Chicago Bulls because, uh, you know, our old friend, Billy Donovan, he jumped off our sinking ship... <laughs> And went on up to Chicago to lead this group of young, talented, future stars. And hasn't looked great so far. Hasn't looked good at all. Larry and already dealing with some minor injuries again. Wendell Carter Jr. finally starting to play a little bit better. Zach Levine has been solid the whole time. Kobe White seems like not a guy you want to be your lead ball handler, but <laughs> definitely uh-huh. deserves a spot in this league. Uh-huh. I just don't know what they're doing. And I don't, I don't even know if I should be panicked. Maybe this is part of the plan. Maybe they weren't expecting to be good, and it's just I'm basing it on me and Andrew saying that they could be a dark horse playoff team <laughs> and getting very excited about them a few weeks ago.
3: Yeah, that's kind of where I was at when you brought it up. I was like, I don't know. Is there any expectation on this team to be better than maybe 500? I mean, if they're 500, does that surprise anyone? Either way, good or bad. <laughs> At this point, it would surprise me. Neutral feelings. Yeah, it's just like well, I don't know what is what is the uh, expectation on this team.
1: They're I, I, they're expected to be better. I'll say that like they say, were. They, they're expecting themselves to be better too. Yes. They, here's here's where they were. Here's the mindset of Chicago. Is that. Oh, man, guys, we have made it through this horrible rebuilding process. We're on the upswing. Let's go get us a real coach, and let's make a push. Let's go make a push. And this is not what Billy signed up for. This is not what they thought they would be. Now it's a very small sample. They really suck coming out of the game. Maybe they'd be better halfway through the season, maybe. But if this is where they are, like the panic is like, eight or nine because if this is your team where are you going where are you going what do they do I mean they've got to like they maybe need to trade Larry Markkinen because you do you want to pay him do you want to pay that guy you're gonna have to pay him
4: between him and Otto Porter Otto Porter is an expiring contract and he's he's not in your isn't that right any expiring yeah
1: you they just let him go right
4: I don't know, like, would you, so for if if you want to be good, um, and I know Otto Porter isn't necessarily a piece that's going to get you a guy, like, nobody's like, oh, yeah, we'll take Otto Porter, and you can have somebody that can contribute on a high level. But I think about, like, the Bulls have their own draft capital, which is going to be, now you just protect the living crap out of the draft pick, but trading a future first and Otto Porter to get you somebody that can come in and immediately help your team, like, that it just depends on what you want to be. I think you're right, Andrew. I would agree that I think the Bulls plan to be better than this. What did they let the Hawks score like 75 or 80 points in the first half in their opening game?
1: Just crush them.
4: Which apparently the Hawks are good-ish, maybe. Uh
3: yeah, they're all right. Better than the Bulls.
1: Better
4: than the Bulls. Way better than the Bulls. But it's that's the thing for me, is I think that I think there's moves that could be made, um, but you just have to kind of define what you want to be. Like, are you content to just ride this out for three more years? And I, I don't think the bulls are, the bulls have been in this like perpetual state of mediocrity to, to awful for a decade now.
3: Yeah.
2: And if, if I was a Bulls fan, the the panic would come from the fact that I don't know if there's anyone on the roster who like, I'm absolutely confident needs to be on the roster next season except maybe you would say Patrick Williams because they just drafted him. But like if they could get a better piece, like, yeah, I would trade in, I would trade Wendell Carter. I would trade Zach Levine. Like I I don't have a strong attachment to any of these guys. It's not like they have a piece like a Shea where you at least feel like, okay, well, at least we have Shea. We have something to build around. Like they just have all these like amorphous assets, like young assets on their team, but none of them, I, I, you could make the, You could rank them in a bunch of different ways and I would just shrug and be like, yeah, I guess I could see it that way.
3: But I also think their problem is like, let's compare them to the Hawks, right? The Hawks have their best players are two young guys too, Trey Young and John Collins. And they have other young guys that are playing, but they also have Rajon Rondo, Danilo Gallinari. They have these veteran players that are still really good that kind of round out everything and fill in all the gaps. And the Bulls don't have any of those guys. It's all young guys and then like, hey, Zach Levine, I hope you're really good. I guess it's why, yeah, then, would, you, why would you have the
2: confidence to go get those type of players? Like, who are you building around? Like, why bring in a guy? Gal- who are you building that around? Like, it makes sense when you have someone like a Trey Young. Even John Collins has probably better value than any of the young players on the Bulls. Yeah. Oh, no, no,
4: no, no, no. Somebody surely would take Levine over John Collins, right?
3: Well, I mean, they also... Oh, yeah, but I don't really think of
4: Levine as, like, the young guy. okay, okay.
3: I mean, they believe that Laurie Markinen and Wendell Carter are those guys, you know? Are their young guys, and if they can just stay (laughs) healthy...
1: Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh, the Bulls, yeah, the Bulls aren't, this is not where you want to be. Um, I, I do, I, I like the idea, Levine. I don't know. I mean, he is offensively really impressive to me. I know that he has mm-hmm. some deficiency on defense, but this is not where you want to be. You've got a bunch, because they had a lot of expectations for for uh i always want to say kobe is it kobe white Co- yeah. Kobe White. kobe okay it's kobe they have a lot of expectations for him and he's been kind of disappointed coming out of that and, and laurie Markin and like you mentioned alex like this is just not where you want to be now i will say like we it, to be fair we also just railed on the hawks for making these weird roster decisions this offseason like we did. what are they doing it, yeah it just didn't make any sense to be like why is gal why are you paying gallo 20 some on million to sit on your bench and come you know like it just didn't make it for me. Is I was like, uh-huh. just be bad. They just push the let's try to be good real quick button. Probably sooner than I was oh, is, is what I felt about it. But um, that's why
1: the Bulls are in this place right now, though Jay, is that they they traded for Otto Porter? Is that they tried to have a guy like Zach Levine? Like they've they've tried that. Is that's the reason that they're in this position now is because they did what the Hawks did years ago? Because they you know,
4: it's Wasn't just, Otto Porter then, though? Didn't they change over? That, Otto Porter was a Garpax sign. It's a Garpax. Or trade, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but that's like, you're seeing the remnants of Garpax today. Yeah. Would you Would you trade Trevor Ariza, George Hill, Darius Miller, and the Warriors pick for <laughs> Otto Porter and Laurie Markinen?
3: Yeah, I think Laurie Markinen is still someone sure. that you... Put no. And, and look but you have to pay him, right? You have to pay him this year. You have to pay
2: him next summer when there's not going to be any free agents to spend money on. There's going to be a ton of cap space. Somebody's giving him $20 million a year.
1: Yeah, but if you're the Thunder, who cares?
2: Yeah. Oh, oh, that's the same argument I made for Kelly Oubre. And now you're wanting to throw it all away for Larry Yeah, Martin. but Kelly Oubre sucks. Kelly Oubre does suck. No, he plays really hard. Even when he's missing shots, he's doing other <laughs> things on the floor.
1: And he looks great doing it. I feel like Markinen could be one of those guys that succeeds outside of like his first situation.
3: Yeah.
1: Like he's got he's, he's yeah, got a skill set like, like the Thunder are clearly looking for, is like big, versatile, can do lots of things on the court. Like those are the kind of guys they're looking for. And the Thunder are under the salary floor, and they're gonna be even further under the salary floor come the summertime. It's like, who you have to pay somebody. I agree that you have to pay somebody. But you have
2: to feel super confident about a guy that just hasn't played that much in the NBA because you're not only trading for him, you're then in your mind committing to matching whatever offer sheet he gets. And now you have that guy on your roster and you probably need to play him. Yeah. And so he's going to be taking up a roster spot on your team. You have to truly believe that he is a part of your future core because it is a much different investment than just like going out and grab, grabbing some guy on their rookie deal and I bringing them. I don't
1: in. think you have to think of him as part of the core at all. I think if you pay him 20 million, you do then, fine. but then no, no, because then you have like other, th- if you ship off Hill and Horford and then you get expiring contracts, those expire. If you're going to make a trade, eventually you have to have salary. This is like, this is oh the problem God. that the Celtics are in right now. It's like the Celtics don't have any mid tier salary to trade. Like, even though they have these assets, they don't have, they couldn't match salary unless you trade Marcus Smart. And they're like, yeah, we're never trading Marcus Smart. Okay, well, then you can't have anybody, you know? So you have to have some kind of mid tier salary on your team if you're eventually ever going to make like a real trade. And so to me, like, the commitment to Markinen doesn't have to be like you think he's a part of the core. It's like, let's just, let's try it. I don't know for sure he's going to get 20 million, but maybe, what if he gets like 17 million?
3: Is oh, that just, Luke Kennard money?
1: Yeah. <laughs> who cares? I mean, who really cares? Because they're not paying at that point. Next summer, they're paying nobody. It just doesn't really matter. I don't think the Thunder would do this trade, but I just I think that just taking it's just like similar, like taking a swing on and they and they've done this in the past. Like they traded for Deion Waiters, who wasn't good uh, in Cleveland, and gave him a shot. <laughs> or Oklahoma City yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. hey
1: he was, he was <laughs> fine in the playoffs he's fine
2: now out of the league okay moving on <laughs> not his fault our final team the Washington Wizards they're 0-4 they have the and by the way they just lost last night to the team we just talked about the Chicago Bulls 23rd ranked offense 20th ranked defense did you know Scott Brooks, we didn't talk about this in any of our preseason pod, but Scott Brooks was the favorite for first coach to be fired prior to the season, which at the time I thought was very interesting. The other thing I thought was interesting prior to the season that I texted Andrew about was that 538 projected the Wizards to have the exact same record as last year's team, which I found shocking at the time, but now they're 0-4. This is a tweet from uh, Becca Winkert. She said, Berton said he didn't play basketball for seven months, and he's going to have to ease his way back into competing with top players.
3: <laughs> why, they, why didn't he play basketball <laughs> at all? He hasn't touched
1: a ball. Why didn't we, he play basketball? I, I don't
2: know. He he had some time off. There was no need to. Oh,
3: you know? my God. That is so funny,
2: and then last night, Bradley Beal's brother tweeted, "Buddy must want to get fired." Assuming everyone's assuming he's talking about Scott Brooks. Now, for all of that bad news, guys, Russell Westbrook still has a triple double in each of his first three games. He
1: does. <laughs> he does.
3: This actually for uh, for all the triple double standing we did for Russ because it actually was backed by wins. When he was here. So this right. kind of sucks for his reputation.
1: It does. It's not good. Hey, I have a stat for you guys for the Wizards. Yeah. Name this player. When this player is on the court, he's a the team is plus 12.1, defensive rating of 94.2, offensive rating of 106. When this player is off the court, the defense goes way up to 120.4. Offense 101.1, a negative 19.3. Who is this Wizards player? Ish Smith. I have a guess. No. Not not Ish Smith. It it is Isak Bonga. It's freaking Isak Bonga. It's Bonga time, baby. And this is (laughs) something that Wizards (laughs) Twitter. This is what Wizards Twitter is freaking out about and why they want to fire Scott Brooks is because Brooks is taking Bonga out of the lineup, like in the fourth quarter. And they're getting crushed. They're getting absolutely crushed. And so if you go to like Wizards Reddit or Wizards Twitter right now, they're freaking out about Bonga and they want Scott Brooks out of here because of his rotations.
4: Which Scott Brooks has a history of not being the most creative with his uh, lineup usage. Mm -hmm. So I've watched the Wizards because I was at least intrigued. Uh, I think you also... Not having Bertans, not having Rui, uh, Hachimura, like, that matters. Both of those guys are going to be substantial pieces for this team moving Bertans forward.
1: Is yeah, Bertons has played.
4: Well, I mean, yes, but in the sense of, like...
1: No, he hasn't played Hachimura, for seven months. months. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, I, you know, like, yeah. So, for <laughs> me, it's, it's, I think there's this piece of me, like, looking at them as... I, I would be panicked if I was a fan of them. Uh, but I do think that they they've got some things that are going to help them here in the near future. Uh, I don't know what that means. Like maybe playing game, maybe, maybe the 11 seed in the East, but uh, obviously they came out a little flat because they've lost to, I mean, they lost to Philly. They should have beat Philly early on. Uh, like they were in that game to the end. They lost to Orlando. They've lost to the Bulls. I can't remember who they lost in the second game. Russell sitting back to backs. I don't know. There's a lot of issues with that team, with that roster, but uh, I don't know. How panicked are you, Andrew? You're normally the optimist here.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I would be pretty panicked just because they do have the future of Bradley Beal, like hanging in the balance here and like Russell Westbrook's contract will remain on the books like, no matter what. So I do have like some panic there with like maybe like a seven or eight. Uh, but I do have to mention this. Uh, I was talking to Fred yesterday and he, he said Drew, Good, Drew Gooden's on the broadcast. And he said that he may be one of the worst broadcasters in the league. He said, this is one of his quotes. He's talking about Robin Lopez. He said, if you took Robin Lopez and combined him with his brother, Brooke Lopez, you would have Tim Duncan. Like those guys combining <laughs> Brooke's offense and Robin's defense You pretty much get a player the caliber of Tim Duncan. Brook Lopez is good at defense, and that's what Fred was like. He's like, he's a better defender than Robin Lopez. Yeah. My 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 response to that was, what you get if you combine Robin Lopez and Brook Lopez is a worse version of Brooke Lopez.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I. I I am panicked about the Wizards. I was looking forward to watching them coming into the season. And that first game against Philly, they were very super competitive. So I still have hope that they can get back on track. Just looking at their potential moves, if this continues on, like Brooks is the obvious first move. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And so until they play that card, you can still hold out a little bit of hope. But if they bring in someone new and they're still losing, I don't know what they do at that point. There's not a, they don't have the type of contracts where they can make a lot of deals. Right. And I don't know who the guy that they would bring in would be. Obviously, like George Hill, Trevor Reza, Al Horford, any of those guys would be great, but I don't know how they get them. So if the, if if getting a new coach doesn't fix things, I don't know what you do at that point. If you're the Thunder, well, actually, I do know it's probably Bradley Beal.
1: If you're the Thunder, would you trade, would you trade George Hill for Troy Brown and Ish Smith? No. Okay. Why? Why? Uh, something that was posed to me yesterday. I don't know. George,
2: I, George Hill had that quote about how we're Oklahoma City. We play to win. And now I'm not accepting anything less than like a first. <laughs>
1: Dude, I, I, George Hill has been freaking good, yeah, too. He's good. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think the Thunder are, are taking back Troy Brown in a deal and accepting that as the asset. I think they need a first-round pick.
3: Give us back if they don't really value him that
1: that (laughs) (laughs) highly. Andrew, would you do Horford,
2: Ariza, and Hill for Russell Westbrook? (laughs) Uh,
1: Next question.
2: Uh, Okay, well, that's the end
1: of our our panic team, so I think we're moving on to bold takes. we got to do bold takes. We almost have to do rapid fire because we're at an hour right now, and I've got something in seven minutes.
3: Oh, what? Your chicken pot pie's done? What's that mean? Okay,
1: uh, I'll okay. go first. Go ahead, Al. <laughs> so first <laughs> of all, somebody.
2: I came up with uh, bowl takes last week um, before the our first game was postponed. And a week in, I'm already abandoning them because I'm so embarrassed by them. I'll just tell you the funniest one, which this was my hottest take, which I am now abandoning, not counting as one of my real ones. I was going to predict that Hami gets an offer sheet from another team in restricted
3: free agency.
2: That
1: is bold. That is Okay, spicy. but mo-
2: moving on, yeah. <laughs> moving on. Okay, my league-wide take, bold take. This is something I wouldn't even thought to say a week ago. And now, first of all, it's true right now and yet I still think it's a really bold take, which is this. Jeremy Grant will average more points per game than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> currently true is it really
1: yep that jeremy is the, uh, Grant
2: is team. balling out right now
1: yeah he is jeremy grant i mean that's bold that is that is a bold and spicy take on on a scale of one to five five being just fire in your mouth that's probably a five yeah.
2: Okay, because right now he he is averaging 22.8 points per game. And when you look at the Pistons roster, the only two guys that you think would challenge him for points are Blake Griffin and Derek Rose, who are hurt all of the time. Blake Griffin's in the concussion protocol after last night's game. And I just feel like he's going to have the opportunities. And meanwhile, Russ, he's down at 19 points per game. So it's currently true, but I still think it's very
1: bold. (laughs) It is very bold. bold.
2: Okay. So now my my thunder hot takes, first one, and I put I ordered these in order of what I consider to be less bold to more bold. First one, Lou Dort will lead the Thunder in three point attempts per game. Interesting. Currently true. Yeah. He's averaging over six attempts per game. Yeah. But when you think about, you know, Baisley, SGA, um, Muscala is actually the second right now on the team mm-hmm. with five per game. I still think it's a little bold that Lou Dort would lead this
1: team in three-point attempts per game. Mm -hmm. The the thing that makes me feel like it's not as bold, because when you watch the team, the ball is going to find the right shot, right? And Lou Dort thinks that him shooting a three is the right shot. So was just the way that Shea has been... Def- it's not really deferring, but really just trying to, like, seeking out the right shots. It has really... I, I, I mean, I just think it's almost going to be true just because of the oh, way wow. that the team has, fun- has functioned so far. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, okay. And it's also, like, a really good thing for, for Lou, like, confidence-wise, because he doesn't have a ton of reason to be, like, the most confident shooter in the world, right? But he's kept that confidence up. And I think that honestly, like that may have been the difference between like Terrence Ferguson being a rotation player or out of the league. And I think because like he completely lost confidence, he's probably going to be out of the league. And so, I mean, I just I'm I've been impressed with his confidence.
2: Okay, well, if that's not spicy enough for you, my next one, one of Shea, Baisley, Dort, Poku, or Maladon will not be on the team. By the 2021 NBA
4: draft.
1: Oh, you've got to you got to narrow that down a little bit for me, Al.
4: Why? It's too wide spread. You said Shea, Basley,
3: Poku, Dort, Maladon. Poku and Taylor. Ward, Maladon. And then, then who else we is have on team. the roster? We have uh, Horford on the roster. Grant Hill. On no, the don't the name everyone. Let's finish out the roster. Not bold enough. Give us three names. And they I mean, you don't think that's bold. Bold enough. Those five, those five guys are like young
4: possible. It's very, it's very rare for guy. them.
2: I put the two rookies on there because it's very rare for a team to trade a rookie within their first season. And then who are they trading of Shea, Bays or Dort?
3: That's why my bold, my number one bold prediction is SGA is going to request a trade this year. Oh gosh. He's done. Really? That's, that's yeah, a It sure is. He's not. Listen, why are we just assuming that SGA is down with this? I feel like that's on us. He has not said like, oh yeah, I understand. And he's not very, uh, he's not very good in public. We don't really know him.
4: I'm not sure a third year player really comes in and starts demanding trades.
3: I mean, he's pretty good. He's on Twitter. Everyone's talking about how good he is. Wow. He's a very special player. Very special player. Hill and Horford are still here. So he can deal with it. They can still win games when they're gone he might be pissed. He may not want to do this. Yeah, he doesn't like, really he's a he's a fashion man. He's in Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah, there's like zero indication of any of this by the way. But Huh? So the zero indication of any of this by the way.
0: Yeah, welcome to bold <laughs> predictions. <laughs> All okay, right, so I'm, I have,
2: I have one more. Hold on. Go ahead, yeah. My final one is that the first thunder trade of the season will not involve Al Horford or George Hill. Okay. Final
1: well, apparently it's going to be Dort
4: or Baisley.
2: Could be. I've I have left myself a lot of options there.
1: <laughs> it could be a Trevor Reza trade. It could be a lot of things, but it will not be Al Horford or George Hill. Could be trading Isaiah Roby at the top of his, off the peak of his powers here. It could be. Okay. Uh, Tayshaun, we've got your first bold prediction. Sj will demand a trade.
3: You got my first one. The second one is everyone's saying SGA is going to win most improved player, but he was already pretty good last year. Yeah. So it, uh, I think Dort is actually going to win most improved player.
1: Okay, Dort MIP.
3: Yes, for the league. Because OKC is going to have just a better record than what they want to. So they're going to be in the middle of the pack, not make the playoffs. They're going to piss us off because they're not going to get a good enough pick, but they're going to be good enough to where they're like, man, OKC really outperformed expectations. Look at Dort averaging 25 points per game on 50% from 3, most improved player.
1: So I think we have to like like bold predictions have to be bold,
3: but don't they have to also be possible? How is Dort winning M- most improved player not possible?
4: Cuz nobody cares about Dort.
3: Dude, people <laughs> care about Dort right now. Twitter is all about Dort right now. So,
4: yeah, Oklahoma City Twitter is, but nobody on league no, wide no, is going no, to no. No, no, no. Nobody is gonna vote for most improved player for a team that wins 30 games or Andrew, 20
3: games. Andrew, Alex, is Dort Love just Oklahoma City based on Twitter right now?
1: We did get a Hollinger Dort tweet uh, two nights ago. We
3: sure did. We also yeah. have Barstool cat big cat from Barstool loves Dort.
2: So, so let's all, do all this. it's going to translate most into an all defensive team selection, but it's not gonna that. be that
1: most improved
4: <laughs> player. Most improved player over the last five years. Brandon Ingram, all-star. Pascal Siakam, all-star. Victor Oladipo, all-star. Giannis Antetokounmpo, MVP. CJ McCollum, Jimmy Butler, Lugens Dort. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
3: Okay, Doesn't so you like wanted to have a no, real okay. bold Okay, so you didn't want a bold prediction. You just wanted a prediction. <laughs> so <laughs> let me ask, you, is this... <laughs> Go ahead. So like, why are you comparing my bold prediction to actual outcomes? That's not what this is. This is bold prediction. All right, this bold. is like one to one million odds.
1: Uh, bold prediction number
3: three. <laughs> now this one is, is real. Okay, this is a real one. Boku will get in trouble for something stupid that he was just confused about, like jaywalking, driving on the wrong side of the road, drinking in public slash underage something along those lines and it's going to be. <laughs> so uh, that's my bull prediction. Uh, there's going to be some kind of cultural confusion that happens with Poku and uh, he's just going to get in trouble and it, there's going to be a news story about it or something.
4: <laughs> Peds.
3: <laughs> so like he's already drinking. I was wondering, these guys that are European, they come over here and they can't drink. Mm-hmm. So do they get their managers or agents to get them alcohol? They can drink at home.
1: I have no idea. Uh,
4: Andrew, will you do some uh, research for us on that?
1: Yeah, I'll ask. I'll ask around. (laughs) Hey, Poku, how are you drinking? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, number four.
3: Uh, That was my three. So this is my league-wide one. Uh, Phoenix is going to make Western Conference final. Oh. Oh, a normal bowl take.
4: That's normal. See, my see my bull prediction with Phoenix was going to be that they would get home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. So they'd be a top four seed in the West.
3: Yeah. I think that that's very possible, though. I mean, yeah, I
4: kind of believe that that's what bull predictions should be.
3: Should be normal predictions? Well, oh, yeah. you know what, Jay? Thank you for being here to provide the lukewarm takes.
1: <laughs> Is that one of yours, Jay? yeah that was
4: one of them I don't have a ton of them I think Luke I think Lou is going to shoot over 35% from the three point line this year
1: wow okay
4: he's shooting 43% and I don't know man It just I I feel like pretty confident they're going to go down
3: I do think uh, this isn't if he shoots
1: 35% from 3J like that's he's a real he's not even we don't even call him a guy like he's he's a starting level good NBA player
4: yep i think so i think i I think so uh as far as other thunder things like i don't really have any bold predictions i feel like watching the team is kind of skewed because i was like basely now i think bold for him would be can he shoot 32 33 percent from three while getting 10 rebounds a game i think that's more of like projection than it is probably a bold prediction but he's not shooting that well from the three-point line yet so yeah um, Mike Muscala is going to shoot over 60% from three. That's a bull <laughs> prediction in Taylor's realm. Um, so no, I don't have, I don't have very many. I didn't, I didn't looking at the team. I couldn't really think of any other ones that I'd be you, excited you about. Have to give,
1: you have to give me two more on the spot, Jay. Oh so, gosh. Spot, uh,
4: just for it. the thunder.
1: Yes. So we have a little uh, predictions.
4: Thunder are, thunder are going to get a top five pick. Is that a bull prediction? No. I feel like everybody else is trending this team towards being a fifteenth ranked team in the league or something, or a fifteenth pick.
1: It's hilarious. Like they've they're they're one and two, and everybody's I like, know,
4: and everybody's like this team is going to be too good. I'm like they've lost two games to Orlando and Utah. Now they're all close, except for last night, technically. But all right, so that's one uh, top five pick. That's good. I like that. <laughs> um, Pokushevsky uh, will be the G League bubble All Star. Out. Or uh, uh the MVP. Okay.
2: Yes, I like that. <laughs> there we that's go. good.
4: Is he gonna go play? That's probably the first thing I should ask, but I would assume so. In the G League? Aren't they just doing like a bubble that's like a week long or something like that? I don't know how the G League is functioning this year, is what I'm trying to say to you.
1: Um I don't know how long <laughs> so they're not sending him to the G League.
3: Jay.
4: You made me on the spot come up a bold prediction, which you have been mean. telling us for two weeks we were going yeah,
3: to. Yeah, I was about to say he texted me a week
4: ago. <laughs> to be fair, I did have COVID, so which is my excuse for
1: everything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I did have COVID. So. <laughs> oh no, Jay, that's just a mean prediction. Is all that is? Just... What that he would be the MVP of the G League bubble? Yeah, yes, that's incredible. Is. He'd be amazing. So mean. Actually, he definitely. I just think you got to.
4: I just think you gotta give that guy as many opportunities as he can to play basketball, man. Like that's my thought with Poku. And
1: yeah, I did I w- play. I did
4: honestly, put him in the starting lineup last night.
2: I game. would like to see him have more offensive opportunities, which he probably shouldn't be getting right now in the NBA. <laughs> but I would like to see him just like a couple games in the G League, where it's just like, hey, Poku, this is your game. Let's just see what you can do because he has been so toned down already from what we saw in the preseason and I'm just worried that he's going to become this guy who's just like standing in the corner and just taking threes or like that's all he's doing when I do think he has some like handle ability and we even saw it a little bit last night with those passes but it would be fun to see him play like 36 minutes in a G League game
4: and just see what he can do. I mean, I do think I'd think that if the blue was normal, like it was just, <laughs> hey, they're right across the street. I think you'd see Poku playing.
1: I really don't. I really don't. I really do not think I they would know. send him to the G League. I just don't think he that. could be going up against Jonathan Kuminga. Yeah, I. That I I don't know. Like he's toned down. Somebody he threw a behind the back pass <laughs> during the game last night. Like he's still doing stuff. They're just trying to like. Hone him in a little bit. I, they're not like I don't. I don't know. Like he's running pick and rolls. He's not just a guy that's just standing there.
3: Andrew, yeah, the, I, I just for me, I
2: just want him to play all sorts of games. Yeah. Also, not even basketball. All sorts
4: of games. <laughs> yeah, like Monopoly, ping pong.
3: <laughs> Let's see how offensive he is in chess in his chess game. How aggressive is he there?
2: <laughs> I'd want card game YouTube channel. I'm just playing games.
1: <laughs> I would watch, watch Poku do, do anything.
4: No, and that's, I just want you to know, like, this is not me ragging on Poku. I just want to see, like, he needs he needs basketball. He needs to play as often as he can in real game settings. And so, for me, I'm like, throw him down in the bubble for a few weeks or a week or however long. I don't really know what's going on in the G League. They, <laughs> they're going back to Disney World, but it's a bubble. I don't really know. <laughs> it's not high on my priority list, guys. I had COVID, so pretty
1: much <laughs> I had COVID, couldn't find out what's happening with the G League.
3: No. <laughs> Go ahead and include it in my bold predictions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, uh, I, I'm gonna have to let these marinate a little bit and see how spicy these are. Um, and I'll, I'll let you guys know the spice rankings. I'll, I'll put those out on Twitter later today. This, the, the overall spice rankings from, uh, Michele, Alex, Taylor, and Jmon. And I need to, uh, should we, should we get Luke to text them to me? And then maybe we yeah. can tweet them from the, the down to dunk account. Now
4: this is going to sound meaner than it is, but if I didn't put any effort in creating real bull predictions, <laughs> what are you expecting from Luke? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, this is a guy that has written songs about the thunder for this season. True,
3: true, true. true. He's really he. If anyone, he's most improved player this year he so is, far. Yeah,
1: bold
4: predictions. Also, Luke he talks MIT. the most trash in fantasy basketball out of any of
1: you all. He does, and he's and he won't be talking trash after this week.
3: I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that, Jay. Ooh. Uh, Andrew, you're not doing bold dicks?
1: Um. I am not no, you you can't you can't grade your own, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine are the spiciest bold things. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Okay, the Thunder play again tomorrow night at home. Feels impossible, but they're gonna do it. They're gonna play the Pelicans. The return of Stephen Adams to Oklahoma City in a Pelicans uniform. Uh, it's gonna feel really strange, maybe sad. And it's what's even more sad about it. Is that it's going to be in a fanless environment, right? Like you, like being in that arena, just empty, hollow arena, feels weird, anyways. But like the return of Stephen Adams should have been like kind of a celebration of his career in Oklahoma City, but we don't even get that. It's kind of weird.
4: I think they'll do that next year, right? Maybe I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean they can, but they're like, yeah, we know he's already been here. He's been a Pelican for over a year. Just strange. Who is going to guard Zion? (laughs) That is such a good question.
0: (laughs) Who? Pokuma! Dude,
1: I'll tell you this about Poku. This was a hilarious moment from the Jazz game. He got matched up with Gobert in transition, and he is just screaming at Muscala to get over here. Like he was mortified to be matched up with Gobert. He was like, get over! Like he, they sw- they ended up making the switch. It was before they even got into position. They're like running down the lane. And he's like, Mike, Mike.
3: Is that what focus sounds like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Michael. You can
1: hear him. You can hear him from where I'm at in the arena. You can hear him yelling and talking and stuff. <laughs> I love that.
4: <laughs> it is. That weird. sounds just like a G League MVP right there.
1: Oh, wow, you're such a hater, Jay. I just cannot it's believe it. Not, it's not hate. Yes, that's, you that's, are. That's you hate value. him. Oh, my gosh. You think he's nothing but a G League player. <laughs> I freaking love Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't keep know. Keep shooting him, man. Keep shooting
4: him. Hey, my bold prediction is that at some point he will make a three point shot. <laughs> that that feels down. bold
1: at this point, right? <laughs> that's your boldest trick. Yeah, I don't know who. I mean, I guess Baisley guards Zion, right? Oh,
4: that's gonna be yeah. Cool Unless else, you want to put it. Horford on him, but then I don't know. It,
1: it, and
3: yeah. Stevo.
4: That's gonna be bad.
3: By the way, Steve looks pretty good on the Pelicans. It's a pretty good fit. Yeah, so far
1: he's been. Yeah, he's he's doing his thing he's setting
4: yeah they st- they have spacing issues still though like watching them play like it's huge. still very clogged but
1: yeah huge spacing issues but he does he and brandon ingram's two main game is really has really been yeah. nice
4: well and they do a lot of high low with steve Zion too that's been really like he yeah. steve is really good at at getting zion the ball which has been fun i mean they're pretty fun to watch pelicans are
3: yeah yeah they,
4: they got routed by the western conference finals phoenix suns though last night
1: they did Zion for like all the offensive skill he has is, is been really bad on defense. That's something to watch for, for his development.
4: Dort on Zion actually may be real Paul Hone and Hong and the, wow. streets, that's oh, a that's good, call. That's,
1: that's a really that's some good thing. That's, that's, that's what we all want. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. We appreciate you guys tuning in on YouTube as well. Be sure to leave us a five-star Apple podcast review. Hope you guys have a great New Year's Eve. Uh, Please celebrate responsibly. uh, Stay safe and uh, happy New Year. (laughs)